Yo. It's a little chilly up here in Vancouver. Might be able to. It's a little cloudy. A little cold. I have a real simple topic today. Racism against white people. And I thought about this by... I was listening to a Lex Friedman show. And got the guy's guest name, Roger somebody. And I, he kind of hinted at that. So I looked up, um, I tried to look up racial slurs. But I found eth ethnic slurs. And an, it's a Wikipedia item. And I was surprised there's like, I don't know, I didn't count them, but there's like 400, I don't think there's 500, but just kind of my impression there's about 400 ethnic slurs against all sorts of races. Pretty impressive list, actually. And there's quite a few of them that are racial slurs against white people. So if there's racial slurs against white people, that kind of says to me that there's racism against white people. Hmm. i gave you just a couple examples. you probably heard these. Cracker. It's a U.S. term. White people, especially poor Appalachian and Southern people. First used in the 19th century, it is sometimes used specifically to refer to a native of Florida or Georgia. Also used in a more general sense in North America to refer to white people disparately. Mm. There's also another one down here that I've actually been called before. And I'm going, it's down in the H's. You might know what I'm, there might be enough of a hint for you. So there's a whole lot of G's. Oh, here's one gub. I wouldn't look in that. Our gubba. It's in Australia, it's against white people. It's an aborigine term for white people. And it doesn't sound like it's real friendly. There's some, a bunch against Italian Americans, white men, uh, gear, North Africa for white people. Half-breed is multi-ethnic. Half-caste. Okay. Hillbilly. 
Here's the one <coughs> I was going for. It's using United States and New Zealand. Honky. Has three different spellings, but honky. It's against white people. Derived from African American pronunciation of honky, the despairing term for a Hungarian laborer. The first record of its use as an insulting term for a white person dates from the 1950s. Okay, there's just, it, it's amazing the number of terms here if you want to be prejudiced against white people. So if there are terms that are ethnic slurs on white people, it means that prejudice exists against white people. And I would think that some of the affirmative motion, affirmative action items, there are a lot of white people that are probably think they've, the system has been prejudiced against them or someone gets a promotion because they're black and even though the white person more qualified, more experienced, they don't get it. And it's to make up for a sin in the past, you commit a sin in the present. Never quite understood that. Or if you have an all-black college, that sounds prejudiced because you can't have an all-white college. The other idea that seems strange to me, I've I've been called, you know, honking cracker and stuff before. Um, and I've been called a white man that can't talk about something because he doesn't know because he's white. I've been told I have white privilege, which I probably have some. Does it count? cancel out all the struggles I've had? Nope. Oh. Uh, but I could argue you can't talk to me about the white racism I've experienced because you have an experience and you don't know. Which, that kind of argument is is always true. You never know what another person experiences. We can have some idea. We can have experienced something similar. Sometimes we know can identify better than other times. Sometimes we can't identify at all. That's always true when someone says, I've had this experience and they're talking about it. The other people in the room can't exactly identify with it. But what's the rationale of saying you can't talk about it? You can't have an opinion about it because you haven't had my exact experience. We can't talk about anything that under that case, we just all go home. I don't get that. You can't know. Maybe I can't. My dad used to tell me about, he's, he always thought he was part Cherokee. It didn't show up in the blood, blood work, but he lived outside a Indian reservation and his face was uh, 
red. I think that was mostly a birthmark. But he identified and thought of himself as, you know, half-breed. It's kind of like today people are a man and they feel like they're a woman. Sounds like a similar thing. Who knows? I don't. But he would talk about what he felt was racism against him because he was part Indian in his mind. Now, if he told me I couldn't talk to him about it, I couldn't have an opinion about it, I couldn't I couldn't say, Dad, maybe it's because your face is red. They thought you were part Indian. Because you have a birthmark, Dad. I couldn't say that because that's just something we never talked about. My dad's birthmark. But if he had said we have no right to talk about the subject because we hadn't experienced it, Oh, I don't think I'd agreed with my dad, especially when I was young and obnoxious. I might have treaded softly, tried to be real careful, not hurt his feelings. But I might have something valuable to offer, even though I never sat outside an Indian reservation and had people say racist thing against me. I could have just accepted his interpretation that was because he was part Indian and that made him a half-breed and that made the kind of stuff they say and that's what all it was. Maybe it would have been important to say, Dad, you've got... Don't you think the birthmark on your face that makes your whole face red? Don't you think that might be what's behind all this? Yeah, they shouldn't be saying stuff anyway. But don't you think I could have made a meaningful comment even if I hadn't experienced exactly what he experienced? And I think that's true whether I'm talking about a black man or an Indian or an Asian. I think sometimes I might have something that's worth listening to. And I certainly believe I have the right to an opinion and I have the right to express it. Doesn't mean anybody's going to listen to me. But I think that's called freedom of speech. And I think all subjects should be able to stand up and be talked about from both sides. Doesn't make somebody that talks an expert. But if you want to have dialogue, I think it's got to happen on both sides. That's just the way I see it. That's the ancient Texan here.
old guy. This is the old guy in Vancouver. Hope you have a good one. Namaste.